welcome back to Oh My Pod. If you're a first-time listener, my name's Chelsea Reif, and this show focuses on a variety of topics that center around self-help, self-care, and things that you might be generally curious about. I've covered everything from colonics to mediums to today's episode on making money. Today I have on Topsy Vandenbosch, and she is a mindset business coach with a therapy and social work background. So she's not one of these frauds that you see on Instagram that's trying to skim you out of money and make $10,000 in two hours. None of that here. This is one of those episodes to me that you'll probably want to pause and ruminate on some of her thoughts. You love my big words. Now I use a word of the day app. And they hold so much value. We all love to talk about being broke. We make jokes about overdrawing, overdrafting, our cards declining, how much credit card debt we're in. But as time has gone on and I've gotten older, I've realized this type of mindset just keeps me in a really broke place. So why would the universe give me more if I'm saying, please don't, I can't even handle what I have now? That makes no sense. So Topsy and I really get into it with limiting beliefs around money. And I bet half of you listening are going to be like, what? I did not realize this is what I thought about money. Do you think you don't deserve it because you don't have an MBA or a senior title at work? Do you think you're greedy or sketchy by wanting more? Do you associate money with guilt? These are really common limiting beliefs that we all have. And we dive into all this and so much more. So if anything, I hope out of today's episode, you realize your self-worth and stop robbing the world of your gifts. Guys, people pay money to do everything, like wax off their pubic hair, clean their car. I mean, for God's sake, people are getting their assholes bleached and they're paying money for that. So why wouldn't you get paid for the gifts that you have? So with that, let's get into today's episode and the money mindset with Topsy Vandenbosch. Can you introduce yourself and let us know what you do how you got into this and why you love it, because we're going to cover a lot today and I need people to know your background so they can understand why we have you on. The show girls. So my name is um, Topsy Vandenbosch um, and I am a um, mental health therapist. That is one of my businesses. And I've been um, a mental health therapist for almost seven years. Um, I started off as a case manager. I'm working with individuals who struggle with um, uh, moderate to severe actually just severe to persistent um, extreme mental health disorders. And from there, I just like worked in the field in different areas. And I worked in the prison. I've worked in a residential treatment center. I've worked um, and I, those experiences, I did love them for two separate reasons. Um, <clears throat> let's see. And, but the prison had a lot um, of other stuff that happened there, but I'm still grateful for that experience. What else have I done? I worked for a community mental health, like um, emergency services. Um, So adults um, and children that come in that need um, triage need to be directed to some type of um, mental health um, help and assistance. And then now it led me to um, private practice um, where I work for myself. I work in a group practice called Northwest Counseling in um, a city um, in Grand Rapids, in Grand Rapids in Michigan. And um, I have my own business in downtown Grand Haven here on the west side of Michigan. Um, And I love what I do. I work with um, female entrepreneurs and um, career-focused women and um, career-focused women um, who have transitioned to being stay-at-home moms in addition to that. And I help help them navigate that. And these are individuals who struggle with um, moderate, um, moderate, well, mild to mild to moderate um, depression and anxiety. Um, and so that's one, that's one business that I have. 
And then my second business, I am a mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. And so what that means is that I help individuals who are objectively healthy, who um, are not, they are not coming to me for um, any type of um, mental health disorder. Um, they um, hopefully are already working on that with another um, licensed mental health professional, if that's the case. I specifically am working with them on um, tools to help them reach their journey, mindset blocks that come up, negative beliefs about themselves, um, negative thought patterns, um, things that are holding them back from being able to um, thrive in their business. So that's what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited that we have so many different qualifications and angles that you can talk about all these things. And Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. It's funny the way we met, because I'm using air quotes here, yeah. <laughs> on Instagram, basically, through another influencer that we follow, The Skinny Confidential, and then we started following each other, and what drew me to you was that you are constantly posting really insightful updates, things that actually help people. You're not just yeah. doing a selfie and being like, Sunday, Monday, or anything like that. <laughs> You're actually giving us tips and tricks and things that we can do. And I'm, I'm like, wow, this is what I wish Instagram would be more of. And yeah, I'm 100%. like switch myself. I'm like, should I just start being a little more real? And you know, I need mm. to add more value. Not everything needs to be a travel photo or a selfie <laughs> or a, you know, all these different things that you're seeing on Instagram, because I think that's where a lot of these negative mm. beliefs that we're talking about come into play. Everyone starts comparing themselves. Yeah, Why don't I have sure. this life? Why don't I have this right. money? How is Why can't I travel? And then you come to find out and actually talk to these people and they're like, oh no, I'm getting a divorce. I hate my life. I'm in $10,000 credit card debt. And you're 100. like, 100. <laughs> yeah. And how come you're not being, you know, more forthcoming? You don't need to like tell everybody your dirty laundry, but I, because I, I think that there's a delicate balance too. Oh yeah. You know? And I don't know what you think about this, but I think that people should scare, should share their scars, not their wounds. Mm. And try as much as possible. I don't think there's anything wrong if you're in a, if you're in the thick of it, but you feel like what you're going through could add value to somebody else because you need to have a reason why it is you're telling someone that currently I'm in ten thousand dollars of credit card debt. You know, because I right. think that it can it can have the opposite effect of what right. it is. You, so it depending on your delivery, depending mm -hmm. on the context surrounding why it is that you're bringing it up. Because right. I think you just got to be strategic. That's true. Cause sometimes it's hard People get in. Yeah. Like a victim yeah. mentality and then misery loves companies. So then now all you're yeah. talking about is your negative stuff. And then you're like, uh, yeah. we're comparing our negatives now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And how did this become part of my platform? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. actually in a really good place and it's really hard to say, actually, I'm not that anymore. So all right. you people who are following me because I help you feel better about being in the situation. Sorry. I'm not. Exactly. Anymore. I know it is That's a hard a part. Thing. It's such a delicate balance. Oh, for sure. Well, something oh. that interests me the most is that people don't talk about money, like you said. No one's sharing yeah. how much credit card debt they're in. We're not talking no. about what they make. No one's giving any type of information around money. And I wanted to bring it up not so that we can compare how much each of us makes and what we're right. doing. I want to talk about the beliefs around money because okay. yep. I even struggle with this too. I actually just read a book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. It's the same girl that wrote You Are a Badass, like the universe has your back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a few different books. But the money one was really interesting because right when I was reading it is when I stumbled upon your Instagram post 
Ah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and it was something just about why do we think we have to put ourselves down or to think that we have like certain qualifications to get money and we're greedy if we have a lot of money. So there's a lot of negative beliefs. And even I was doing an exercise to be like, hmm, what do I think about it? We can get into this later. But I'll start with what you were talking about, the the concept of a positive mindset. What does that actually mean to you? Um, A positive mindset, to me, that just means that no matter what happens to you in life, there is always more good that's waiting to come your way. You just have to be ready to receive it in whatever way it comes. That's, that. That, that, that's what I think it is. Cause I don't think it's about um, always feeling like things are going to work out for you, but I think always being open to that mm-hmm. and always being like hopeful. Cause I don't think it's realistic that we can Maybe it is. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me on that, but I think that we are meant to feel all the emotions. I guess I'll Mm -hmm. say that in life. We are meant to feel sadness. We're meant to feel pain. We're meant to like move through. So the the ability to move through those emotions, but still have this hope that things will get better because that's the natural order. That's the way things are. I've worked with people who have been in the lowest of the low, but they still find things to feel thankful for. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds really, really crappy, but that's just kind of, I don't even know. Is there any cursing on your podcast? Yeah, <clears throat> you do whatever you want. Oh, okay. I like, because <laughs> I really don't use the word crappy a whole lot unless I'm around children. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've worked with people who were like literally homeless and they still found, and I'm not saying this is easy by any means, but they still were able to, you know, have that positive, like, it's not always going to be that way for them. You know, I've still worked with individuals who felt like that. I'm not saying everyone does, but I definitely have worked with individuals who still have that hope that I will, things will get better. I just don't know when, and I have to practice that art of patience and do my part to try. Right. That's so funny you bring up the that someone can be going through, really going through it and still have yeah. a positive mindset. I was, I'm actually reading a book right now called You Are What You Think. Have you read it? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, it's really good. It's like a short read. It's talking about all about like self-talk. And there was this guy, I guess, that was sneaking around the country on trains. Like he was just trying to get around the country. And he, he accidentally, like when he stuck on this one train, stepped into like a refrigerator box and he locked himself in. And the next morning they found him dead and, and people were like, oh my gosh, she froze to death, whatever. But the funniest part was the freezer, th- it was broken. So it wasn't even actually working. He convinced himself in his mind that he was going to freeze to death. And so he woke up dead. And, about, I and the whole reason they found him was because it wasn't working. They're like, we need to go fix it. The, the cold isn't even on. We have to make sure it's actually working. And then he, it, he was only there for one night. And he had just convinced himself so much that he was going to die that he ended up passing away. And I was That's like, actually crazy. I've yeah, never heard like, of that. This is insane because we talk to ourselves a lot like that. Like, oh, I'm going to die if I do this. Yes. My person's going to kill me. Oh, I'm an idiot. And yeah. I, the other day I was sending a report to a coworker and I sent the wrong one and I was typing back writing like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Here's the right report. Yeah. And I was like, wait, why do I have to say that? Like, yeah. I don't an idiot just because I made a mistake that yeah. everyone makes. And right. so- Exactly. It's just interesting because we take all these beliefs and then we bring them to money. And we so do. 
what you're talking about too is like it's not about being like la la life is you no. know sunshine and rainbows because that is unrealistic right and it can definitely be difficult for people to think positively when stuff is getting thrown in their face all day like we get criticized at work we have our friends and family commenting on our looks or appearance significant yeah. others are arguing with us and then people start yeah. to develop those as their truth how do yeah. you manage personally to stay positive and in that mindful place that you're talking about um wow how do I do that um I think what I think a lot of what I do is I deflect whatever so whatever people are going through people we don't often realize it but we are always we're always consciously or um unconsciously placing on others what we wish someone wouldn't have said to us or um, wish someone would say to us. Um, sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's positive. I think that what I try to do is just like, that's their experience, that's their belief that has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that I try, that's a tactic that I try to use, especially if what they're saying isn't constructive. And I mean, I hate to say this, but sometimes even constructive criticism, whatever the heck that means, um, sometimes constructive criticism coming from somebody that isn't someone that you trust, it's not going to land. So mm -hmm. even then, it's really hard because you're like, what space is this coming from? I'm not going to receive this from you because I don't already have a relationship with you. Right. And then on, on top of that, I didn't ask. So mm -hmm. I think just like really looking at the source and, you know, being able to separate between their stuff and my stuff, you know, so that's your beliefs, that's your experience that literally has nothing to do with me. You're trying to make it something to do with me. Right. You're trying to place it on me, but that's not, that's not my truth. That's right. yours. My so, 2018 motto was, that's not my problem. <laughs> like everything, I was yeah. like, not my problem. Oh, that's, that's also not my problem. Like, it's just yeah. not my problem. <laughs> It's not. It's not. And I think the more that we recognize that that other people's um, beliefs, um, like unsolicited, unwanted, um, and statements about us that make us feel, I guess, like one type of way about ourselves that we don't like or enjoy, I think it's important to be able to look at the source, man. I consider the source. It oh, doesn't yeah. mean that that person's like a shit person. It doesn't mean anything like that. But I think people, everyone goes through stuff. And so a lot of the time we're like placing on other people, like what someone said to us before and mm -hmm. it really hurt us, like hurt people, hurt people. And we don't even like recognize how that energy transfers. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because on the flip side of that, I do think like positive thoughts attract positive things, yeah. just like negative yeah. attracts yeah. negative. And that's why when you're in that space of like, oh, this sucks. It just gets worse and worse unless yeah. you, you share like, you know what, to your point earlier, I'm hopeful that this is going to change. This is yeah. a temporary feeling. It's going to move on. Right. But what's interesting is that people will think positively about work or they'll, they'll get really into their fitness and say, you know, I'm about to really change my life and my body, but I never, ever hear people saying this about money. And mm -hmm. so I no, people don't like to talk about money. Uh -uh. They, it's so taboo, which is so funny because we'll talk about when we go to the bathroom, sex positions that we did. Like, we're so open, but with money, it's like, zip your lips. Yeah. So what do you think is the number one thing that prevents people from making more money? Oh, um, let me think about this. 
I think, I think that the number, one of the number one things that prevents people from making more money. Oh, so when I say this, I want to preface this because I don't think this part gets said a lot. Um, and I think because um, my degree is in social work, and so I naturally have this pull towards like social justice, awareness that we are not all just dealt the same hand. Um, I've seen evidence of it. I don't, I call bullshit on that. Um, mm. So I, when I say this, I'm saying this to individuals who are people with privilege. People like you and I, in the sense that we have driver's licenses, we received edu formal education, we are able-bodied, um, we're not, uh, I don't know, like I, I have a lot of other factors that factor into this answer, but worthiness. I think worthiness is one of the main things that um, prevent, but one of the things that prevent people from being able to make more money. That's so true. Is, is worthiness. So if you don't believe you're worthy, you are not going to, because I believe too, with money mindset, I think half the battle is being able to step into it. So stepping into being able to receive opportunities to get paid more at your job. Um, so if you don't believe that you're worthy, it's going to come through in everything that you do and how you show up in the world. That's so true. I think yeah. something that a lot of women, especially suffer in the workplace is imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I actually went through that for a while too. There's still days where I'm like, how did I get here? Like, I have no sales background. This isn't my specialty. Like, yeah, who am I looked at as a, someone that can train people like, this happens a lot and yeah, 100% I think we all come across it me yeah. you everybody and can you explain from your seat what imposter syndrome essentially is yeah imposter syndrome is this belief that you're going to be found out that people are going to find out that you don't know what the hell you're doing that you bullshitted allegedly that you're bullshit because because to me imposter syndrome it's not real so mm -hmm. when I say this I'm saying this with like air quotes Right. So people are going to find out that you're full of shit and that you didn't, you don't actually deserve how you got to where you are and something that you're going to say, other people, it's not going to land with people. So that means that you're wrong and you don't, you're not actually an expert or you're going to make a mistake and people are just waiting for your downfall. Um, so imposter syndrome is just this belief that you're just not enough. <laughs> That's right. really what it is. You're not enough and you don't deserve what it is that you do or the hand that you've been dealt um, or where you've worked hard to get. And you constantly have this fear that that's just not, it's not meant for you and someone else should be in that position. And so you're constantly not truly believing that what you do is actually a gift. So you're not treating what you do as a gift. Right. Especially in those moments. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I think it's, it's one of the limiting beliefs people around, yeah. people around money is I didn't, I don't know how I got here. I'm not qualified. Yeah. And some of yeah. mine specifically are like, I feel like if I make more money that I'll become a different person and like lose the circle of friends and family I have yeah. right now, that I'll be yeah. unhappy and start using money to fill voids that someone yeah. higher than me in qualifications deserves it or they need it more. And yeah. I imagine that a lot of people feel these plus more. And I'm curious what you would say to counteract these types of thoughts that we have in our minds. So I think, let me think about this for a second. Um, 
because you know I you know I've definitely struggled with this too and it just kind of surprises me when it comes on because it's always when I'm working on getting to the next level in something so I definitely um I definitely agree that it's something that's universal and it's important to be aware of the coping skills that work so I think um I think it's important to recognize that you deserve more than the stories that your mind is making up. Mm. Um, so you deserve to receive more than that. Um, you deserve to receive more than that. So you have to really work on that, that worthiness piece. I think that that's one of the things that's going to be key. The next thing is most of our fears um, are rooted in our reality and our own personal experience with what it is that we are afraid of, it's irrational. Mm. So I think recognizing that that fear isn't real and it's irrational and that we're taking on someone else's story. Now, it's, it's, comp and I'm, that it's completely a different thing if you've actually been through that very thing that you're afraid of will happen again. That's a different level of work, but specifically speaking to the feelings of um, imposter syndrome and feeling like, things are just like waiting to crumble. I think it's important to really reflect on, is this fear rational or is it not? So I think um, recognizing what fears are rooted in your own reality and your own experience, or if you're looking at people around you as evidence of what will happen to you, that's like two different things. So I think that's important. Um, and then, yeah, so those anxious and worry-based thoughts, anxious or worry-based thoughts, they're just not rooted in your specific reality most of the time. Um, so that'd be like a couple things that I would say. Those are some ways to kind of get yourself, because it always feels better when you can say, that's not even real. Yeah. Like, to me, it brings me comfort, at least, when it's like, oh, that's not real. That didn't happen. To me, it's almost like waking up from like a bad dream. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, mm -hmm. my God. Where you're like, oh, thank God. Thank yeah. God I don't have like tree limbs growing out of my leg because you know right. how dreams are like dumb, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it's true because even what you're saying, a lot of people don't want to do the work and look inward and say, why do yeah. I feel this way? They're, they just think, oh, well, this is a societal thing. This is yeah. how it is. Like, right. that's what I was going through for a while. Like, what, well, what do you mean? Like, yeah, that's, of course, I'm not going to get a promotion. I didn't mm. do differently. Or like, right. of course, if I make more money, that's going to happen because that's what happened to this family member. And ah. like what you're saying, I was taking on their story. I'm like, that was their yeah. experience. And I still don't even know all the intricacies of that experience yeah. and now I'm just making it my own story and applying it and saying oh well for the rest of my life this is just how it's going to be and that's not yeah true. no and absolutely you have to look inward and be like like you said oh my god thank right. god it's not true for me like yeah. it's my story right and exactly it's it's definitely hard though because it I was is. talking to my sister about this because I I especially this year have really been trying to think more positively and like yeah. You know where else can I look for income streams or things yeah. like that? And um, it's funny because as I start thinking these things, then everything starts happening. Like I got yeah. a refund check in the mail from my doctor. I got oh my god, survey, like a survey sent me money to complete it, and I was like, this is so funny, just because I started opening my mind. But I was telling my sister this, and she's like, but I just don't get it. Like money literally doesn't grow on trees. I don't understand how you're thinking every time you check the mail, you're going to find a check for a hundred dollars. 
I was like, I get it. Like very logical, realistic people are going to listen to this podcast and say like, this makes no sense. I work one full-time job. I have a very set salary. I make the same thing every two weeks. Yeah. Unless I get a bonus and I only get a review. I only get a, a raise if my review goes well. What do you mean that there's more money to be yeah. out there? So what would you say to those people? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> so I, so this is to me, I look at it from like, there's a couple ways to approach it. I'm pretty woo. I'm a Christian. So I think to be a Christian, you have to be super woo in my opinion. So <laughs> I believe that manifestation is absolutely a thing. I believe that you can absolutely manifest like good and bad into your life. So I do want to preface that with saying that 100% there is value in, um, what is it? There is this quote that I posted on my stories. I don't know if you saw it the other day. I saw it in a salon and it just, it, re it sparked something in me because I remember I used to love it and I don't know why I forgot it, but it's speak what you seek until you see what you said. Oh, and I think that that is so deep. Ain't that deep? Yeah, that is. That's so deep. Speak what you seek until you see what you said. So there's power, like in the Bible, it says like there's life and life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I truly believe that that, that is, that is what that's so true. That couldn't be more true. So number one, I think being able to speak what it is that you are seeking until you see it. So keep speaking, keep speaking that truth. So that's the first thing. Um, however, I don't think this gets, this is this popular, so I'm just going to say it, um, <laughs> whatever, I don't care. I think that there are very practical steps that you can take into stepping into a place where you are constantly attracting more money. I think that there are things that you can do that bring instant results, instant gratification, instant income streams. Um, so I think that you are in a space of privilege, even just to be listening to a podcast. So think about that. And then if you extrapolate that, think about, okay, what if you decided to launch a podcast? And then what if you decided to launch a podcast and tell people about it? And then what if you decide to launch a podcast, tell people about it, and then, you know, increase your listen, your, you know, your viewer, your listenership or whatever, increase the number of downloads. And then you're able to write down the list of all the brands that you would want to reach out to to sponsor your podcast. And then like, I, I just think that it's just infinite. Right. So I feel like there are people don't often talk about with manifesting the work, the other side of it. Like you have to do the work. Oh yeah. Um, you, if you want it, you need to go out there and get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, how do I say this? Like, I think that it's, you need to meet God halfway. That's just what it is. Yeah. You need to meet him, you, meet, you need to meet him, her, whatever you, you know, you need to meet God halfway. You need to say, here is what it is that I want. Here's what hopefully you also want for me. But here is also what I'm going to do to get to that space. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because I think people, I feel like the word manifestation automatically has this connotation that it's like, oh, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. you're going to manifest a million dollars into my life, manifest, manifest. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, but you like you said, I'm there. I'm not sitting here doing nothing, watching TV for ten hours a day, and being like, "There we go." I think I'm gonna make a ton of money tomorrow. Like wow. that's not how all of a sudden <laughs> life works. Like you said, right. I have to back it out into well. This is these are the steps I'm gonna take, and yes. I'm gonna think positive while doing it. I'm not gonna while I'm doing this say, "Oh well, my podcast sucks. Brands are never gonna." Yes. 
who would ever be on my podcast right. and hope that something magical will happen because that's right. That's a, there's a difference. Yeah. 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 And I think you got to do the mindset work too, to be able to attract those things that you want. Absolutely. So you, if you have a crappy attitude or shitty attitude, you're not going to attract the things that you're wanting most in your life. So I think it's, it's work. It's work. And I'm sure there's going to be people who disagree with me and they're like, Oh my gosh, Topsy, I manifested a Chanel bag. Like, whatever, like, I'm not going to say that there aren't, the, right, because I've listened to podcasts where they said it, and honestly, I had to turn that shit off, because I'm like, you know what, like, I think you also need to talk about the other side of it, what about those right. times you were, whatever, like, concentrating and meditating on that with your crystal in your bra, like, every day, and nothing yeah. happened, because I know that, because people don't like to talk about the struggle, oh, so, no. I don't want to, I mean, I hate to say it, but I like to hear balanced perspective. Oh, yeah. I think all or nothing is really dangerous for people. Oh, absolutely. Because then, like you said, people think it's a one-way track to get there. Yeah. It's like, no, there's actually, usually it's never a one-way track. Usually it's like no. a 10-way car crash, <laughs> in and out, and then you figure out how to get out, and then you get there. So, yes. yeah, it's not like, easy breezy lane to success. No. Um, I just, I'm not about that life. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I, I just, I just find that having a balanced perspective, it helps you not be disappointed. <laughs> right. That's what we're talking about too. Like the whole Instagram thing and people, yeah. you know, it looks like people travel full time and don't work at all and are like on private yeah. jets. And I'm like, that's not true. What if they have family money? What if they're a trust fund baby? Yeah. What if they're in $20,000 credit card debt? Like we literally don't know. So how can we, we say- Oh, well, that's true, because we have no, yeah. uh, have no idea of somebody else's life, and people just don't like to share that stuff, because it's uh, not pretty, they don't want to be judged, it's really, and I think in social media, I applaud whoever has the courage, no matter who you are, to be vulnerable about anything, because I think it's so hard, I, I, think, I think it's so needed, but people don't also talk about, like, all the backlash and stuff that, you, backlash that you get sometimes for being as vulnerable, so I really, really tend to I tend to be drawn to people who are just in that way. They're not fearless. I don't want to say fearless because I don't think that anyone should be truly fearless. I think that fear is there to protect you. And so it just need, it's just in the driver's seat. It's just in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. And that's where you put it. And so you decided that even though fear is going to be in the passenger seat, you're going to tell your story. So I just find that so commendable because I think, oh, I just see some of these comments people get, you know, for just being honest about what they believe and they get torn apart I do think you just need to be responsible though too so it's a delicate balance oh yeah it's a delicate balance you just got to be I think you should also be socially responsible with whatever your truth is too so I don't know I think that vulnerability is needed but I think people just need to like just be mindful of where it's coming from mm-hmm. you know absolutely I'm interested to hear in the female entrepreneurship work that you do what are yeah. some success success can't even speak success stories where people either came in with a certain mindset that you helped them work through to change like what are some of your favorite stories or clients currently that are really inspiring so in regards to um so in regards to being like a mindset coach um i actually so i i think okay so i haven't done let's see so in regards to actually um, mindset coaching in my business, for the last year, I really was just focusing on my own stuff, my own mindset, um, because really, I, in some ways, therapy is, there's also a coaching 
aspect to it. So that it's not something that I'm uncomfortable with, but I wanted to make sure if I'm going to be coaching people on their own mindset and their own negative beliefs that are affecting their business and affecting their ability to make bank, I wanted to make sure that I'd work through a lot of my own because mm-hmm. I, I think that that's like people don't talk about that part. So that's what I'll say regarding that. But the experience that I have had as an official mindset coach, um, it's so funny to say that because I'm like, I feel like that's what I've always been doing. Right. But that official aspect, it's been with, um, uh, so I did this workshop. I did this workshop with other therapists this summer, teaching them how to build their own private practice. And that was super awesome. And I think that I feel like, I feel like the, one of the coolest things that came out of that was that these clinicians, some of them who I had worked with, like they were able to feel more comfortable to talk about being able to make bank in as a mental health therapist. Because I do feel like there's this belief that we are supposed to be poor, hug trees, and do things for free. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing is talking to people about their problems, and anyone can do that. And um, I think that that's one of the coolest things that came out of being able to coach those other therapists, um, because some of them had never even thought about talking about money, had never thought about their own beliefs regarding money. And so we were able to talk about there's no shame in being able to request people to pay for your gift. There's Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with it. And you're doing yourself a disservice by, you know, um, not acknowledging the fact that, hey, like, it's an exchange of energy. So if you're providing a service for somebody, you're providing them this gift, it, it's only right that you be compensated for it. I mean, obviously there's things that you can give as a gift, but these are like, when you have a business, a lot of the time it's, it's a business, it's a business transaction. And right. money is just an exchange of energy. It's mm-hmm. basically saying, thank you so much for helping me with your knowledge and your experience and your expertise. So you're doing yourself a disservice by not talking to your client about where are your priorities? You know, mm-hmm. if you are comfortable ghosting me, somebody that you feel like you have a connection with, right? Someone that you tell your stuff to, who, who else are you doing this to in your life? So specifically in coaching, that's one of the biggest, um, biggest experiences I've had. And it was eye-opening because I never realized how for some people, it's just like, really, they feel icky talking about money. Oh yeah. Then, yeah. And then in my therapy practice, just in general, um, oh my gosh, because of, because of being able to delve more into coaching and like being able to have that second business and being able to talk about these topics, I think with more of a, um, I think just with a different perspective that maybe a lot of therapists aren't talking about and aren't saying, I feel like it's given me um, the ability to reach people that I probably would have never reached with that message about not being afraid to make more money, ask for more money at work, ask for a raise, find side hustles and other sources of income and being just more overall, I believe in empowering women and empowered women, we change the world. And so I think just like me being able to um, give people the permission to do that, that's just so impactful, just on so many levels. It changes their whole world because they're like, holy crap, I never thought about money being an exchange of energy. I never thought about it that way. It always had this icky connotation mm-hmm. that other people had it and I don't, you know? And so I, yeah, those are like some of the, I guess, like successful things that I've noticed in being able to work with people in regards to how they feel when they hear about money. Yeah. That's so funny. You brought up the whole exchange of energy thing, because I think that's what it boils down to is 
money, you hear the word money or cash or this and that. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people, if you were to do like some type of brain scan, it would pop up like negative oh, or, oh, yeah. or like greedy or something where they're like, they wouldn't be like, oh, it's just like you said, it's actually being compensated for a gift or a talent or whatever that I have. And that's why I like that book that I was talking about, the You Are a Badass at Making Money. They were talking about back in the old days, they didn't have actual cash. You exchange, you know, like spices for berries yeah, and like, like and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually it's like, okay, well, you know, we're over carrying berries and spices around. Let's get these little dollars in place. And, yes. and now that's where we're at. And so it's like, if you think about it that way, if I'm bringing you a gift to your house for your birthday or, you know, something like this, it's like, why can't we look at money the same way? Like I'm celebrating yeah. you or I'm thinking yeah. you here is a transaction and it goes back to what you believe. Like if I go to a chiropractor and pay $25 and then I go to one that pays, you know, charges $150, are they that different? Or is one just saying, I believe I'm worth more. And so I'm charging this because they got probably the same education. They're cracking your neck and your neck. But one says, I think I probably deserve more. And that's why they're getting paid what they are. Exactly. No No one said, you are, have to charge 25 and you have to charge 150 right. on their own. And no, that's exactly. people get scared of is how can I charge more when there's someone down the street that's charging half of what I'm charging? Oh my God. Yeah. I hear that all the time. Like, oh, that person's ruining it for the industry and no one's going to pay that. And I've struggled with that. Oh my God. I struggled with it. I struggled with it, especially when I first started building my therapy practice a couple years ago. Cause I was able to build my therapy practice and um, have a fully booked out practice in eight months, which is really good apparently. And I didn't know that. So now I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, like I'm so yes. more qualified to coach other therapists, you know, because people are afraid of failing. But I think mm-hmm. the other piece of that was that, you know, um, cause I actually, um, so anyways, so I actually accept insurance, but um, for the individuals who don't have insurance who are private pay, you know, I definitely had some resistance around, oh my gosh, like someone down the street only charges $50 per session. I don't personally think in all cases that's super smart in order to build, in order to build a sustainable income <laughs> because uh, you have bills to pay and overhead, especially if you work for yourself. So mm-hmm. it doesn't come down to, especially if you have insurance that you pay for. So I'm like, that's, I don't, just don't know how you do that and feel good about the service that you're providing and not feel icky right? Because it's an exchange of energy. So if you're saying I'm only worth $50 and at the end of this, I only end up making 20 bucks and you went Mm -hmm. into, you went, you wanted to work for yourself. That doesn't feel good. So I think I definitely struggled at first with, oh my gosh, charging, charging a hundred bucks starting off, you know, because I'm like, I I don't get to take all that home. I wish. (laughs) I wish I got to take all that home, but I don't. And so it's just what it is. So I think um, yeah, I think that that was also something that I struggled with at the beginning of my journey. And I still, still definitely, especially more so now with coaching, like I definitely struggle with, oh my gosh, like, oh, like this coach charges this for that. And I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I don't know if that's, cause I look at it more now in terms of how much you charge for your services. Like what transformation are you providing? What value are you providing them and what expertise do you have? Because I do think that that is somewhat what can, what's missing from the coaching industry is I think that people aren't always in integrity and it's cool to coach based off of like personal experience. Totally Mm -hmm. fine. 
but I think at some point um, you also, especially when you're starting off, I think it's also important to know, like, I think it's important to, ha I personally, I think it's important about like what, what evidence is there that this person should, you know, that you should be charging this person $5,000 um, for like, let's say like one month of working right. with you. I think certain things, people don't like to say it, but certain things are just not an integrity and not ethical, in my opinion. If you've never given that result to someone else and it's somebody that something that you just thought about one day and you were like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to change people's lives and I'm going to charge a boatload of money. And my, this is not going to be popular, but I just think you really need to reassess, like number one, why you're doing it. And number two, like what, what, uh, I guess, like, what's some evidence? Of, like, why should anyone pay you that? Why right. should anyone pay you that? Just because you deserve it. So I think that's, like, my other part of the healthy money mindset is really being comfortable having those difficult conversations with yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, what have I done? Am I doing the work? You know, a certification doesn't mean everything, but I definitely think it helps boost your credibility, you know, in case you get sued one day, like you need to be able to think about this type of stuff and being able to realize like, hey, like I need to be ethical and I need to feel good about what it is that I'm charging. I think that that's the other big thing too. Don't just charge it because you want to make more money. Don't just charge it because somebody else is telling you, oh, don't undercharge because the industry, you, you cheapen the industry when you do that. You know, there's all these right. like beliefs around money and reasons why we choose to not do certain things. So I think it's important at the end of the day to just be ethical, man. Because I just hear so many horror stories recently of people just being taken advantage of. So that's the other part of money mindset that I think people need to be mindful of is you need to be fiscally responsible. Seriously, like these are human lives and people could be taking out credit card debt to be working with you. Not that that's any of your business, but I think it's your responsibility to make sure that you can do your best on your end to provide what it is that you said you were going to. So be in integrity. Oh yeah. That's my biggest thing. So yeah, absolutely. that's my soapbox about that part of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about coaching a little bit because I don't <clears throat> feel like there is this mentality of like, oh, to your point, like coaches are BS. Why would I pay for mm -hmm. a book or listen to a podcast? Like, why do I need one-on-one -on -one coaching? And then you do like, even now, probably because I talk about things so much, things keep popping up on my Facebook and Instagram where it's like, yeah. Want to make, you know, ten thousand dollars in twenty-four hours. Come join my seminar for five thousand dollars. And I, I'm like, how is this? I've never even heard of this person. I don't know who they are. Like, what? Who, why am I getting served this ad? But I feel like that's why people start thinking of coaches that are like, oh well, this must be BS. To your point, they are just charging people just yeah. to make money. And so, what are some things we should be looking for when we're trying to find a coach if that's oh. something we're interested in? Oh, yeah, that's really good. Um, when you're looking for a coach. So <laughs> I think social proof is huge. And so social proof, meaning like testimonials, like who's mm -hmm. worked with them? Have they worked with anyone at all? And I think, I think too, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> this is gonna sound really funny. But I also don't think there's anything wrong. If you are having doubts, there's nothing wrong with like, figuring like creeping on that the person who gave the testimonial and like sending them a message I've had mm -hmm. so many people tell me that they've done that like wait are you like you're not like your like their best friend right like <laughs> right yeah right because people do that too so I think number one <laughs> I think it's just important to be ethical you know being ethical um always be ethical and actually and it doesn't matter and even if it was and you know even if it was I don't know I have personal beliefs if it was like a family member, but if it was a friend 
and you actually provided the value that you said you were going to, there is nothing wrong with having them write a testimonial for you mm -hmm. if you actually worked with them. I will say that. Um, but I think family, I think that that's just inappropriate. <laughs> I'll just say that. I don't think you should be coaching family members. I'll just throw that out there. Um, so I think that being able to vet like social proof, what has this person done? What are like, what qualifies them? You mm -hmm. know, I see, I, I personally have met people who have said, oh my gosh, like I was, I don't know, like I was, and this is completely okay if this is someone else's story, but I was depressed for the past two years and over the last three months I've been doing really good and I think my calling is to help other people who are dealing with depression. I think that people have got to be careful. I will just say that because I think that you need to have, number one, successfully practice those skills that you're going to be teaching other people for at least a minimum. I mean, I don't, if you want to put a number on it, I'm not sure what that number should be, but I think at least for a sustained amount of time, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think one year is long enough. I'll just say that it's not at least two years, at least two years, depending on what it is. Of course, that's not like a blanket number, but I think yeah. you need to have sustained success with the tools that you're giving other people for a decent amount of time. Enough to say, yep, I have a method, I got this, I'm good, I've done my own personal work, I've gone to a therapist, or I've done these things that make me more, I guess, qualified to mm -hmm. work with you. I think that, I think um, not working with somebody from like a scarcity mindset of, oh my gosh, their program's closing in like 24 hours, I need to sign up now or never. Um, I know that's a really, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's a bad business tactic. People hate it. But I mean, unfortunately, there's so many of us that we would never make the decisions we make if there wasn't some type of scarcity behind it. <laughs> so we wouldn't buy the things that we needed sometimes if there wasn't some type of scarcity behind it. So I don't think scarcity marketing is the devil. I don't think it's bad. But I don't think people should buy out of scarcity only. I think that if it's something that you've been wanting anyway, something that you've been desiring, something that you can currently afford, I think that taking all of that into consideration, just being mindful of like the marketing messages that person is giving and then like assessing how it is that you feel about it. Right. That's why you kind of going back to like trusting your intuition and doubts too. Like when I saw that one post that I was just talking about, instantly my mind was just like, this doesn't seem yeah. And then yeah. you start looking into it and you're like, okay, I, I can like trust my gut on this. Where I have seen others that I'm like, this does seem legit. Like you said, I right. they have a website, they have clients. I'm looking at like, they have a LinkedIn, like they have something going on. That's not- well, because some of these people don't have like a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Right. And you have to look at what other background, like you said, qualifications can I actually look at? Yes, exactly. Because there's so many people who don't have much of anything. And mm -hmm. I think that it's just something to just be mindful of and to ask that person the actual questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I think that those are the ways, top ways to feel good about the coach that you're hiring. What are some I think that coaching is a gift. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it is. You know, there's, there's a lot of personalities you have to deal with and mindsets and people expect something out of you you know you can yeah. come in every day and be like this is what we're gonna do and you know people want results really quickly and oh my god that's <laughs> the other that's the other piece people want a quick yeah. fix mm -hmm. that's so true and I'm curious like what are some things that you're telling your clients or even yourself to attract more money like what can you do oh. can mm, you that's a really good one let me think about this for a second um, 
Hmm. <laughs> so to attract more money, um, I think. So, so first of all, I think that it's important to number one look at. Okay, so the things that so the things that to attract more money, I think it's important to look at what it is that you're consuming on a daily basis regarding money. Mm. I think that consumption is um, too much consumption isn't good. So I think being mindful to listening to who is it that you're listening to on a daily basis regarding money, um, because that person's either speaking life into your life or into your, you know, your finances or speaking like death. So mm. I think, <laughs> so I think being mindful about what it is that we're taking in um i also think that um being able to just be mindful of like like i said earlier like other people's stories that are impacting your beliefs about money um that's going to be a huge barrier if you allow it to be um so using that um so using that as the reason why it is that you won't make money so just being mindful about the stories you have surrounding what it means to make more money um i think that's an important thing to assess um, I also think putting yourself in in a position <clears throat> to attract it. Um, so that could mean making sure to like bust your butt at work. And I also think too, I also think the other piece of that is to write down your goals of where it is you want to be financially. And mm -hmm. then look for look for positions where that could help get you there. So I think people are often afraid to leave their jobs because they don't think there's anything more out there. Mm -hmm. So the more you have that belief, the less likely it is that you're going to attract more money in your current occupation. Oh, if absolutely. You have a belief that this is what, you know, like we were talking earlier, like this is what sideline reporters make. And so I'm not going to make that type of money. Then you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> so I think too, with whatever it is that you want to do or whatever goals that you have for yourself financially, first look at ways that you can be innovative also and creative in what it is you do currently. What are some ways that you can disrupt the industry? Mm -hmm. I, I think that, that people don't often like to think about that. Disrupting. When you disrupt, that's where the money is. What about, yeah. what about people that work full-time jobs, have mm -hmm. family, have to go home, run their kids around extracurricular activities, stay up with a newborn baby, yeah, take mm -hmm. care of a sick parent. And they're like, I literally just don't even have time to think about all this stuff and do the work. Like, how do you deal with people that are in that mindset? Well, they're not ready. Mm. I, and it sounds really crappy, but I don't believe in like quick fixes. You know, um, I think that you need to meet God halfway. You do yeah. have to. So if you, because like, we make time for the things we desire to make time for and the things that we don't want to make time for, we don't. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a position, a privilege, and you're in a position where you have all these things to do and you're so busy, but yet you have these goals, but yet you just feel like I just don't have the time to do these things. And I think you got to look at how bad you want it. And if you don't want it bad enough, you're not going to get it. It's not going to come. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, maybe it will by some act of God, but I don't know, man. I haven't seen evidence of that. I just haven't. You have to do the work and you have to be willing to, even if it's just for like 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Starting Everybody has 10 minutes. Like you spend a, a total of 10 minutes on the toilet 
a day, yeah. <laughs> not more. So come on. <laughs> I know that's gross. I know it's gross, but you don't have to like actually have your phone when you're on the toilet. You can just be like thinking, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot. Yeah. And you know, what is the most eye-opening thing to me is that new screen time update that shows you how much time you're on <gasps> social oh media or whatever. And this to me was like, it, it basically was my phone telling me like, bitch, you do have the time because you're on Instagram for an hour and a half a day. So that's what, six plus hours a week that I could be working on anything else instead of streaming on Instagram. And so I was like, this should be the perfect like oh, eye opener for everyone. It's like, if you don't have the time and your phone is saying that you spent seven hours on Instagram, that's almost a full nine to five workday that you could have been doing. Isn't that insane? It's Isn't insane. that insane? I think that it's been so helpful to have that on my phone. Uh, I, I like the little timer, even though sometimes I ignore it. I now put one in the Instagram app too. Right. And it's been so helpful. Even at work, I have one that like blocks certain sites just because I can get totally lost on that path. And then, but then I'll be that person that's like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't have the time. I have a full time job and I have to go work yeah. and make dinner and go to bed. And it's like, well, I do have, it seems like hours to scroll on Instagram. So. <laughs> I do have the so time. I actually do have the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of reprioritizing and being real with yourself. Uh, yeah. That's like I've probably one of the biggest ones. And you brought up a good point about actually pay attention to what people around you are saying about money. That's an exercise I had to do recently that I was like, whoa, if I really pay attention and look at people's view of money, like, oh, I'm broke. My part Oh, my God. Fine. I'm so yeah. broke. I can't afford to eat. I oh this sucks. I'm gonna go in more credit card debt, and you're just like, wow. They they say that all day, every day, and then I start taking that on as my story. And that's depressing. Oh, and I hate to say it, but that is like, it's so depressing. People that love to so talk about being broke. It's like it's just. I mean, I've done it before. So I mean, you know, oh, when I was in college, I mean, for sure. Like I've done it before, but that's actually pretty gross that we do that, right? Yeah. Like. It's just not an attractive, I hate to say it, but it's just not an attractive thing mm. to talk about how broke you are. Like, no. Well, first of all, are you truly broke? Number one, I feel like most of the time we're not even really stating what the, the situation really is. Oh, we're yeah. just dramatic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, so broke. And I'm like, well, you make $90,000. I don't think you're broke. I think we're probably just spending our money the wrong way. Exactly. You are in a space of privilege if you have food clothing, shelter, stocks, a bank account. Right. You are in a space of privilege. Like I don't buy it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that, yeah, you need to be mindful about who you're around and like what they're saying about it. It's so Oh funny. my God, that's so funny. Yeah. That's the, so people funny. love to talk about being broke, but they'll never talk about an amazing deal that they just closed or, you know, how they increase the rates and clients are actually buying things. Like you'll never hear about that. But we'll talk about how we overdrafted and we have ten thousand dollars in project. Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think that it's a real issue. We're more likely to talk about our sorrows and talk about our joys. Yeah. It's so insane. And that whole phrase, like misery loves company, I never understood yeah. that until you really start paying attention to other things and you're like, they all they do is talk about how broke they are, fat or ugly. And I'm like, it's depressing. It's like soul sucking. It's so soul sucking. <laughs> it's so soul sucking you're so right I think that 
yeah, I think that we don't often recognize that it feels good when other people are in the same position as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so gross. It's so right. gross because you should want people to advance and to be like, to be inspired. Exactly. You know? And I mean, I think that I try to make it a conscious effort to make sure that I'm talking to people who inspire me. And so I X out, you know, I've gotten rid for the most part of people who don't, I don't have time for it because yeah. it's so draining. It is it's so draining. You know, I need for people to tell me, you know what? No, I got through that and I'm good. So you'll be good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's what I, need. I don't need for you to commiserate with me. I just don't need it. No, it's, it's too energy draining. And then you start living your life like that. And like, we've talked about left and right. you you start taking on that story yourself. Yeah. Um, what are some things that money can bring us like gifts? Because I think there is a misconception that having more money means you're going to become arrogant or an annoying rich person and be frivolous and, you know, luxury, like you're going to just start buying luxury things. Like you said, the Chanel bag and <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not what people spend. People spend their money differently. And so I want to talk about what are some gifts that money can bring us so we can stop mm-hmm. having weird beliefs around it. Yeah, I what like that. I like that. Um, I think that money... So I think that there's three things, three top things that money can bring us. Impact. So I think that we have the opportunity to to have a lasting impact on people and on organizations um, and on the trajectory of other people's lives. So I think that that is huge. Um, So I think impact is one. Number two, um, I think being able to up-level your social circle, and I don't mean it in like a nasty way. I mean, to be in the company of people who are super successful um, and who have conquered that limiting belief of, I can't make more money. To me, I think that that is just, it just boosts your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it just feels so good to be around people who get it and to be around people who have busted through that limiting belief. That's true. So I, it just changes your world. And so that's the second thing. And then the third thing um, is opportunity. Um, I, I mean, people can get mad or up in arms about it, but money provides opportunity. That's just what the way it is. And if you, and if you look at money as energy, as an energy exchange, then that changes the whole thing. So mm-hmm. it just brings, it just gives you more opportunity to be in different spaces that you otherwise might not have been. And that's just how it is. An opportunity doesn't have to be icky. You, you can use that opportunity for good mm-hmm. and for whatever good you feel like it's going to advance the world. and you know, make people feel good and be in a better space in their life. It just brings that opportunity. Um, people, you know, they give athletes, people give athletes in the society a hard time, including myself, because I do think society values certain things and certain occupations and certain areas of work than others. And I think that part needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that somebody, you know, this is just my own personal belief. I think that somebody in your position who may not be an athlete, but um, is still making an impact in a different way, deserves to make just as much money. That's just what I believe. I know some people feel differently because those people are entertaining. But no matter what, no matter what you believe about that, I think that they are still doing amazing things, a lot of them, and they're giving to charities. They're doing things that I wish I could do and that I'm going to do one day. And Mm -hmm. so what they do matters. It still does matter. So I think it just money just brings you opportunity. And you can use that for the good. You know, we need people who are doing that. <laughs> right. It's not, I don't think money is so black and white. I don't think it's, if you make more money, 
you're going to be an annoying rich person. If right. you make money, you're going to be greedy. If it's like, it's 2A equals B and that's not true. Yeah. It's usually A plus B plus C plus D equals B. Yeah. Way more factors that go into it. Yeah. And that's something that I really like to talk about too, because Sometimes I do look at, you know, people that are more successful in my life and I'm like, I don't look at them and say, oh, they're greedy and rich. Like if anything, they have the opportunity, like you said, to bring me along with their experiences or they're traveling or they're taking their family on vacation or they're giving back and taking their family on vacation. It's all about me, me, me. I make more money. It's like, now I have the opportunity to actually bless more people with my gifts because I have that chance to do so because of the money I make. Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. A lot of mindset work, like you said, which is something that you specialize in, which is interesting because I think 10, not even 10 years ago, five years ago, this would be a job that people are like, I've never heard of that. What is that? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Never seen this. And I'm just happy that someone like you exists so that we can work through all these little kinks in our mind. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I'm, like I said, your Instagram is like, I could just follow that all day and be like, I'm good. My work is done today. <laughs> My mind work is done. So I want people to follow you and get in touch with you if they have either, you know, something that they want to work through personally or just yeah. know about where can we find you both. Yeah, for sure. On not on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, um, you can find me. Um, first of all, I, I do have an Instagram, Topsy Vandenbosch, um, all together. I'm the only Topsy Vandenbosch. So Topsy, T-O-P-S-I-E, then Vandenbosch, V-A-N-D-E-N, um, capital B-O-S-C-H. So you can find me there. I'm always hanging out there on stories, um, being ridiculous. And then, and sometimes obviously teaching, you know, giving value. Um, you also can find me on my website, www.topsyvandenbosch.com. Um, um, I actually have this freebie, um, the top 26 reasons why you need a mindset coach. And it also got, it leads you through a quiz that you can take um, and you can kind of figure out what some of your beliefs are. And if your beliefs mean that your mindset needs some work or if your mindset um, could use just a little bit of work, or if you just need like a total overhaul, it'll kind of, it's really concrete and it'll let you know either way, like what, how you're doing with your beliefs. Cause I feel like that's something that people don't often think about. I love that. And I'm assuming yeah. you don't have to live in Grand Rapids to have you as a mindset coach. No, no. Yeah. Okay. You can live anywhere in the world. Yeah. Okay. Anywhere in the world. This is perfect then. Yes. So this is the other amazing thing about the internet. Like we bringing it full circle. We met on Instagram. Yes. Now you're doing this worldwide via online internet. Yeah. Like online internet. What I'm saying is that I think people get caught up like, oh, I need to meet physically with this person or I need to go to this specific studio or office. And that's not true. You can do the work virtually. You sure can. You sure can. You sure can. Yeah. Thank God for the internet. Thank God. You're able to like just work and meet people that you never would have otherwise. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited for people to find your Instagram, go take this quiz. This is something I want to look into as well, because even though I'm doing the work and I realize my limiting beliefs, they don't just go away. Just because I recognize them doesn't mean it disappeared overnight. So there's always more, right? There's always more to work through. There's always more to just be mindful of. Always a work in progress. So yeah, always. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. I appreciate it. Thank you.
Well, that wraps up today's episode. And how crazy was some of that? Hearing Topsy's take on business coaching and how self-worth really directly correlates with how you think about money, that really opened my eyes. I'm going to leak some of the books that I discussed in the show notes because they've been so helpful to me, but I would really challenge all of you each day for, let's just say, three days, let's start small, to watch what you say about money. Do you guys make jokes about being broke? Do you tell yourself you're poor? You're constantly pondering, my life would just be better if I had X amount of more dollars and it just seems so far away. Well, this, in my opinion, is one of the first things you have to do is look inward. So go give Topsy's Instagram a follow, check out her amazing site and be coached by her so you can break these bad mindsets that we're all in around money and follow me at Chelsea Rife, R-I-F-F-E on both Twitter and Instagram and the new podcast handle, ohmypod underscore. And you can reach out with questions, comments, feedback, guests that you want to have on. And of course, rate, review and subscribe. Christmas is so close. All I want is 100 readings. Is that too much to ask? I see more than 100 of you listen, so I'm going to come after you if you haven't hit rate, review, and subscribe. I'm just kidding. But seriously, if you enjoyed this, please let me know. And thanks for listening and tune in next week.